Welcome to the Lesbo and the Bean universe. Lesbo and the Bean. L-A-T-B. Lat-B. Where mixed martial arts and the UFC get silly. Big silly. Buckle up and move your tray tables to their upright position. And please, somebody shut that baby up. It's time for Lesbo and the Bean. Welcome back. Welcome back. 133. We got a heavy-duty pay-per-view breakdown we've been splitting it up a bit seeing how we like this format and i feel like it's working out for us here where we did the prelims earlier DraftKings lines have now since dropped so we got that to go over before we get into the pay-per-view as well as a lot of fallout that's happened in the mma community john's bone jones we are 50 50 with our fans some fans really miss our long shows our longer really? form shows but i think that um we only have so much time a week and we have to study too. Uh, so Agreed. eventually, but now we only can give what we can give. And with these uh, pay-per-view cards, we want to talk as much about them in a relaxed format as we can without feeling like we're rushing through just to get to the main five fights. Well, there's also times where we've extensively broken down so many other fights that I'm like, I feel like I'm repeating myself over and over again. So I do feel like I don't give the time of day that I would because fighters are like-minded sometimes where I'm like oh remember where I was saying that about that guy mm -hmm. that works here and then it just cuts out but interesting I'm liking it here I like it I, I, I it feel a little out. more relaxed about it I agree with that I don't feel like we have to rush through so much it doesn't make me feel like we're like broadcasting like trying to get out our point really fast with so much and for anyone who hasn't done any kind of podcast format or whatever Audio-wise, you have as much space as you really want. Sometimes storing the podcast later on um, costs you money and space, but video-wise is where you run into problems with, you know, getting uploading it, and I just don't have the patience for it. Uh, I don't blame you at all. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one day we'll have um, an awesome high school kid that will be from a little different generation and be totally geeked out and will be able to do all this stuff in five seconds. But until then... We're going to do what we got to do to get out those picks, make money, and enjoy the game. Yeah, I love it. So... Anything else we want to touch on right before, as I was saying before a little bit, John Jones is always in the news. Uh, there's a lot of hot topics going on in sports in general. Uh, but for me, and I feel like for you here, this is something that we might run into that's really been happening now that ESPN has gotten a part of the UFC. And that's the censorship of Twitter and YouTube followers for adding UFC. Are you on alert? Are you on notice? Do you think we're about to get pulled right now? UFC is watching. We know that. We know that, UFC. Oh, um, if you use any of their footage or any Anything, of their talk I, about I've them. seen people that just say, I talk about UFC, and that's been enough to take them off. I really hope account. not, because we have had certain little videos pulled. or things yep. happen, and if anything, we're just trying to help the UFC sell tickets. The same as the NBA model, where the NBA is like, do as much as you want, because the more you create, the more promotion it is for us. And I feel like if they're under the impression that if they turn us off, all of our listeners are going to jump over and listen to Matt Sarah on Unfiltered, I would say they're wrong. You don't got to worry about that. Yeah, I would say they're wrong. Like, you just because you... Uh, 
try to monopolize the market, all you do is create like better and more competition. In my so the cream rises to the top. Yeah, I. I don't know. <laughs> Come on, UFC. Look at the bean trying to do you a solid. I'm trying, 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 just because we don't we, like everybody. Somebody's got to promote the fighters. Hey! Oh, <laughs> De La Hoya, getting into it. There has been a lot of talk in the MMA community. He's officially trying to put on a few boxing fights. How do you feel about... Not boxing, MMA. Oh, MMA, sorry. Uh, but he is the boxing promoter, and what he was saying as of late was, I have fighters all day, every day, asking me, hey... I'll fight for you, but can you get me paid more? Because UFC ain't paying shit. Is this why we were just getting censored by the UFC? Because we talk shit. Uh, Tito Ortiz versus Chuck Liddell. Is that what you're speaking of? That is what I'm speaking of. And that he's going to get them a bigger paycheck than they've ever made in their life. Which is probably true because it's a new day. Well, it should be. Yeah, marketing. it's like they haven't fought for at least 10 years. It should be a different <laughs> day for how much fighters make. Uh... I don't know if it's a great idea if these guys fight at their age, but if they're going to fight, I want them to get paid the most amount of money they've ever made for it. I would agree with that because their time has already been over. They already should have stopped fighting a long time ago. So if it is a one-off, hopefully it stays a one-off and they only do it once, make a buttload of money. But what I've been hearing rumblings of is Logan Paul calling out Sage Northcutt. Northcutt coming at him with some hands. Uh, Logan Paul didn't call out Sage. Sage, call, Sage called out Logan Paul. Really? Yeah. I thought it was the other way around. Mm-mm. Do you really... No one calls out down. Do you call out a guy with less followers than you or more followers than you? I think, uh, from what I understood, Logan Paul called out Sage because Sage is the UFC fighter. No. Oh, he wow. He said he would fight in the UFC and Logan Paul or Sage Northcutt was like, over here, over here, oh, yeah. over here, please. Because put some of the followers what? over here. I, Sage Northcutt is going to whoop some ass if that fight happens. Just telling you. And I'm not a big Sage fan, but there's a big difference in just the, the, the physics. Logan Paul being a D1 wrestler, though, the fact that we're talking about this on the Chuck Tito card... That's a legitimate factor. Both of those fighters can get the most that they've ever Is uh, Sage up on his contract? He has one more fight, and then he's a free agent. And I think he's getting something booked very quick. The but, UFC will sign him right afterward because they've put too much money in him. So they're not going to let well, him go and fight The UFC is going to have to offer that much more, though, after this free agency. And that's the thing that wins for Northcutt. You know what? This is Northcutt, Logan Paul, brings in... Three times the amount of viewers as Tito Ortiz, Chuck Liddell. So I agree with that. I don't think Logan Paul needs uh, Oscar De La Hoya to try to sell. He's a better promoter than Oscar De La Hoya. So if anything, I think it, this is all Oscar De La Hoya putting out fake rumors to try to jump on Logan Paul's coattails. Everyone using Logan Paul's name is trying to jump on his publicity coattails. Every single person. He has more followers than every single person we've talked about in the last three minutes put together. So that is all that's happening. From Sage Northcutt, they're like, look at you kind of look like this guy in a little bit. So if he has all these little girly girl followers, if you call him out, if you can even get on the news at all, all his little girly girl followers are over here in the UFC. And if Sage, Super Sage, really wants to be a fighter and if he wants to be the best ever and blah, 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 he needs to look toward talented guys that are actually doing what he's doing Logan Paul doesn't need the Sage Northcutt rub. He doesn't need that at all. So I think it's all fake news. Gina. Gina. Huge Gina. So. (laughs) Get out of my vagina. Build a wall around it. 
wall around the China. <laughs> Illegal. That, is there anything stage. else you want to break down right before we get into the real breakdown, the main event? Are you cutting your Nikes up? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the bean's putting all his money into gambling. I ain't buying no damn Nikes. Give me some of that China shit. I, I'm off-brand type of guy. <laughs> it's so. so funny. It is so funny. Nike's the new Dixie Chicks. It's like 1984. Burn your Nikes! <laughs> burn it! But you're gonna buy, you're gonna burn <laughs> items that are $200 that you paid for. Stupid. It's stupid. Get out of here. Burn your damn fight kits a la Mac Malley. Thank you very much. That was funny. That is I'm truth. mad too. I'm gonna burn my Reebok fight kit. <laughs> yes. And then somebody didn't get it at all where it was like, oh, I don't own a Reebok fight kit because Reebok doesn't pay the fighters enough. And we're like, here goes the joke yep. over your head. <laughs> yep, right over. Yeah, we can stop with the UFC 228 main card. Our girl finally getting her gold. I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to pick that yet. Uh, and I don't know if we can jump all the way there yet because <laughs> we do got to go over DraftKings lines. Those were not out for our oh, preliminaries. Yeah. So real quick, we had Camacho versus Neil. Neil being a decided favorite in that fight. The lines have been leaning that way nonstop as well. And... 8,700 for Neil against Camacho 7-5. Jared Brooks ended up stepping in, and this is actually a really good uh, segue because who fought, who fell out of that fight again? Oh, we were excited about it. We, Mini, were, we were calling him Mini Brian Ortega Sanchez. Sanchez. I, don't, I have to open my cod right now. Yeah, it was Roberto Sanchez. No, it, he's the one staying in. He stayed in. in. Uh, Benoit. Yes, Benoit. 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 I think I've heard other people call him Benoit. So he fell out. Jared Brooks stepping in. What we got to worry about with Jared Brooks, though, is that knockout potential on himself. You know, 10% of the time, he is going to slam himself into unconsciousness. He knocks himself out one out of every 10 fights. <laughs> exactly. So we got nine more to go. Nine <laughs> more to go. But this stylistically is actually a much, much different fight. Jared Brooks uses his wrestling way more than Benoit ever did. And that kind of plays into Roberto Sanchez off of his back long limbs. A lot of those triangles we were saying in the first fight was going to happen. Uh, Jared Brooks likes to take it there. Got to be careful with those long limbs of Sanchez. But the output of Jared Brooks is so much higher than Benoit that I really see a volume being incredibly one-sided for Jared Brooks. It's whether he sticks his head in the wrong place or not. Sanchez being the favorite in the last fight, actually coming in as an underdog on the short notice fight. I think I'm going to lean Jared Brooks's a little more history in there against better guys. I know he had a weird loss last time, but what I've seen from Brooks is a much higher caliber fighter against a mid-tier guy. I'm going to go with Brooks' decision. The short noticeness does affect that a bit, but I give most of the check marks to Brooks here. I like Brooks too, but that was sketchy and a rough, hard knockout last time. And I don't like guys that got knocked out three months ago, regardless of how it a, a horse could have kicked him in the face. Same, same. <laughs> same, same. That ground might as well have been a mule. It was so, it was so weird, the whole entire thing. Um, he is a little guy with great cardio going forward, so I'm not even worried about the short notice for him. 
I just worry that maybe it's a little too much for him to prove after the way he knocked himself out last time. And I think Sanchez is the longer, leaner guy. I just predict him catching him still in like some kind of guillotine choke. So I still have Sanchez and I'm going to go ahead and give Brooks a little credit. So the end of round two, beginning of round three. You're giving it for Sanchez submission. Yeah. Oh, I'm giving wow. Brooks a little credit, sorry, to say that uh, it might take a while. But I do wow. think he's going to cinch up that neck and the training's going to come into play. So I'm going to stay with my underdog. Love it. Love it. Keeping it split up as it's been most of the week so far. Jared Brooks on DraftKings coming in at 9000 against 7200 for Sanchez. I'm going to stay away from that myself personally but, i don't like uh, short notice fights the, the, I, I agree i'm like agree with that. t woodley's with short notice fights i'll change all my cards from sanchez because uh i'm trying to fight <laughs> like where t woodley did you hear what he <laughs> he said he doesn't care if usman's there or not he's not fighting him on short notice oh yes i have heard that and it's true it is true. It is true. He's it like, I'm true. training for a six foot two uh, southpaw striker, yep. and I'm going to take a short notice fight with a five foot ten switch stand grappler. Yeah, that makes sense. So I, I back, I back Woodley agree. here, and I think anyone that gives him shit if Till can't make the weight is bullshit themselves. That's exactly as why I would feel. He hasn't made made he hasn't made weight twice, and he's still getting a championship match. That's on UFC, but. Are you gonna play Sanchez on your DraftKings at seven two there? No, or? not really. Yeah, I have I enough other underdogs that I don't have to chance it on Jared Brooks. And I actually thought Jared Brooks was um, a black guy. <laughs> <laughs> so that's another reason that I'm staying with Sanchez. That I'm like, huh? He didn't really stick out in my head. As I'm like, oh, Jared Brooks on short notice, his cardio is gonna burn. And I'm like, who am I thinking of? Is there a black guy named Brooks? There is. And Will Brooks. Will Brooks, He was yeah. now in the, no longer in the UFC now. But then They're like, yeah, his cardio will burn out. He's gonna get... <laughs> <laughs> and he's like so much bigger, I think, too. He's yeah, like 30 yeah, yeah, pounds. yeah. Yeah, anyway. definitely a bigger anyway. size. Then Aldana versus Padlova. A lot more people are coming in on Padlova. Evil twin. Listen to the podcast because he was coming in on all sorts of underdogs that the Bean had here. Aldana, the favorite on DraftKings, 8,200 against 8,000 for Padlova. Here, Lesbo and the Bean both siding with the underdog. I'm going to probably play Padlova on a few cards there. Did I have Padlova? Oh, I have Aldana. Oh, never mind. Woo! I have Aldana. Never mind. Sarah I don't remember. I'm not remembering that. It's uh. Um. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a dirty, dirty split, and I'm I not agree put with either that. of them anywhere. I agree. I think, I think and it's a dirty split we too. also talked about that even if either one wins, they don't at all pull it's enough like points, points in a win that it's worth it. It's a good so point. That's Probably something. stay away. Lady so fights. Tend maybe to burn on us. a parlay, but not anywhere near my DraftKings cards. Then Jim Miller is taking on. Which one of these Alex white brothers? White. Alex White, not the other one. I'm trying to pull up the DraftKings line. I picked the wrong white. Miller is the underdog on DraftKings, 7,600 against Alex White's 8,600. I'm going to be playing Alex White in a lot of spots. 8-6 is a stiff price, but I do think that he gets it out of there in the first or second round. And with some of these other DK lines, with as big of favorites as we have... Alex White's not that expensive looking at the biggest un, or biggest favorites of the DK lines, which we're going to get to eventually. How much are you going to play either one of these fighters? 
Um, I'll have to listen back to it. I'll probably play Alex White just to Jim Miller's records. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Miller might not should be fighting no more, and he's just a big name to put on these undercards. So then we have Craig White also being a favorite on DraftKings, 8,800 against Diego Sanchez at 7,400. I'm putting Craig White as well. All over the place. A big fade so on both fighters. you're being racist as hell and saying hell, all I'm white. Siding with the white brothers. All white. All white's all right. So, Are they related? No. Oh, they're not, shit. They're, not. they're brothers, oh, but they're shit. not brothers. <laughs> they're bros. Maybe. Uh, so then Darren Stewart. I actually like Craig White more. I favorite Craig White way more than I favorite Alex White. I think Craig White I put everywhere. I think Craig White's a way worse fighter than Alex White. I agree but I know what Diego you're saying, Sanchez but Diego Sanchez is, is a bigger fade there. Totally. Totally, totally. Then... I think don't go crazy with either White, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a good call. Probably like 70-60%. I feel like I'm going to expose myself to either one of those Craig. guys. Especially Craig White more. I feel you. Bird over Stewart, 8,900 against 7,300 for Bird. Big, big favorite. I'm going to actually stay away from that. I don't think Bird gets to this. I well, I have TKO round number one, so I don't know. I just feel I like have submission 50%. round one for Bird, and he is a big favorite in that two or three hundred range. So I might more. have Bird on a few, but I don't feel the main card is going to hold so much of my value for the night that I just don't know either guy well enough to bet my farm on him. I have totally. to like totally. if I'm gonna put yeah if I'm gonna bet my farm on a fighter I gotta trust them a little really, bit really really be in on them and other guys that are gonna be hard to pick as well is gonna be well, who's John Dodson versus Rivera I know somebody did send us a message that was like um, did we call. Winkle John, did we ever think his first name was John on the podcast? I think we might have said it a couple of things. John Winkle John a few times, something like that. Were, were we talking about John Dotson? John Dotson and, and Winkle John mixing John those. Jones. Like, I feel like if, if it was a mistake, but I never thought John Winkle John was his name at all, ever. Or Jackson Wink, I was like, did we say that? Yeah, but that's the name of their gym. Because yeah, but yeah, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't ever think his name was John Winkle John, did you? I didn't listen closely enough, and when I did, I didn't hear either of us say it, but... I think I did hear it, but I think we were talking about John and Winkle John. Oh, okay. Like, John Dodson. Oh. And yeah, because I like, was like, did people. we even talk about it on the? It was yeah. like on the YouTube show, and I'm like, I remember talking about the Winkle John camp on last week's or on Sunday's podcast sure, sure, because sure. we were talking about the Cowboy Cerrone thing. So, and right. this one, the only time I remember talking about it was when we were talking about John Dodson. Dodson. So anyway, so as much shit as we've been talking on Winkle John and John Dodson. We both ended up picking John Dodson. Evil Twain ended up coming in on Do- John Dodson. Betting lines have been coming in for Rivera, 8,400 on DraftKings against Ooh, I think John seven, Dodson eight. is a good underdog there. But with all that shit we've been talking, the losing record, are we kind of putting our foot in our mouth? Because we've been hating on that team for a bit, and John Dodson is the perfect product of hit you on the outside and run away. Hit you on the outside and run away. But we're both kind of fading that chin of Rivera a little bit more? Um, For me, I just, 
I'm putting all my Winkle John uh, faith in Holly Holm's last bite. If Holly Holm can come out and have that drastically a different of game plan yep. by researching tape and using that kind of angle, if you know, think about the wins they do have. If John Jones can come out and pull off the exact head kick that Daniel Cormier said he wasn't going to pull off, there's magic in their hills. I think Mike Perry is going to flatline Cowboy. There's Woo. magic in them, their hills. Woo. I hate to. I think they call it a steroids. Oh! I know, and you know, the more I check, listen to the whole cowboy dispute, I love cowboy, but I actually, actually am with Jackson Winks, oh, Jim, shit. on this. Woo! Late breaking. Yeah. Uh, the, one of the biggest haters I know. I know. On the camp. I think they're Siding right. with the enemy. He doesn't show up for the other guys. My enemy and my enemy is my friend. Yeah, and Woo! I don't, and I'm a Holly lover now. I'm all on that Holly. <laughs> I'm a John Jones. I'm becoming a bigger fan. I still think he beats DC again. Uh, yeah, I think most people are on that train. Uh, so, so one of all that being said, John Dotson. John Dotson. <laughs> Jimmy Rivera is a little overrated. He beat yep. Faber, and everyone's like, Woo! Faber wasn't exposure. even going to fight for a whole year. He said he was going to retire, and then fought two more fights. Like, Faber already knew he was going to retire, so he beat a retiring guy. Yes, totally. And everybody's on, jumped on, not that in, to take away anything from Rivera, but John Dodson has a good-ass chin. He does have a little Ninja Turtle chin. Yeah. I, I would know. agree I with that. I think that is a great price for him. I thought the odds should be closer. That's all I'm I saying. would agree with that, and I'm going to have a good amount, probably 70% exposure, maybe 65 on my DraftKings cards as well. It might be full confirmation bias. I might be fully, I'm so hard set in my John Dotson pick that there's nothing you can do to sway me. There's nothing. He what? might come in with a cane to weigh in, so I'll be like, <laughs> it's good, it's good. It's Master Splinter shit. So then we have, I feel like, a number one contender for the Leslie Smith underdog pick of the week with Cody Stamen coming in as an underdog on DraftKings 7,700 against 8,500 for Aljermaine Sterling. Betting lines also in Sterling's favor. I think we have a hot pick here. I've seen other people start to come in on Stamen a little bit more. Again, probably some Lap B followers, some of that Lap B legion, just not letting people know. Evil Twin also coming in on Stamen. As much as I hate that evil bastard, sometimes he has good picks. Is that swayed? How do you feel about those DraftKings lines? In my opinion, Dukenois and uh, Brian Caraway are underrated MF guys. Agreed. Stamen, he went to work on... I had Caraway all day. You know I'm a Brian Caraway lover. Yep. Stamen went to work on him and looked great everywhere. Yeah, Brian Caraway with ring rust, I understand. Aljamain, anytime he goes up against... I, he could ha He's going to have problems with the cardio every way around this fight so then i question his chin next right so cardio and chin problems with the same guy i feel comfortable in stamen being able to slowly gradually outwork him as the fight goes on i totally agree i think aljamain gets I, a little desperate because i of, felt more and more comfortable as the week started to go on as well with that stamen pick i am feeling more solid with some of the brett johns yeah. i freaking love brett johns I find Brett Johns isn't one of the top 10 guys. I do believe Cody Stamen will be. So I understand that Aljamain beat him. And Aljamain's a grinder. He's a vet. Yep. But that veteranship against this new age of guys is just... Another different. old versus new guard. We have Esparza being a heavy underdog on draft team. 7,000 against Titiana Suarez is 9,200. 
I'm gonna actually, even though I have Suarez's decision here, it's that same thing of disrespect here on DraftKings where I'm like, no way, this fight should be like 8-5 Suarez. Not 9,002. Hmm. Unless it's a first round finish, I don't see her paying that amount off. And in my opinion, this should be the 8181. This should be the even fight. Way closer. Or 8179 or whatever. This is. Minus uh, 535 is just so disrespectful. If anything, there might be a. Suarez is going to get grassoed. I love Tatiana Suarez, but I feel about her the exact same way I did Grasso, and I was one of the only people that saw that decline. Everybody was right on, like, Grasso's going to wear the belt next. Grasso's the next big thing. She's okay. She's okay, but some of these other girls have paid their dues. None of the Tatiana Suarez has never been in there with JJ. Give me a break a little bit. Not yet. I like my girl. I like my girl, Carla Esparza. So you're going to end up, ha- how much exposure are you going to have to Carla Esparza? Because there is Out a wage gauge there. The cost, the any of the, uh, who was Patalova, I will have Carla on a lot more cards. Because the amount of reversals Carla's going to have, she has some of the best wrestling in the division. I think Tatiana going to have a rude awakening. Wow. Rude awakening. You heard it here first at Lat B. I can't believe everyone's sleeping on Carla here. I'm surprised. Like, I'm really stunned. I agree with that. It's so... Six fights ever. I know the wrestling credentials are there, but again, uh, Esparza has paid her dues as well. And because she beat Alexa Grasso, that is why everyone's so high on her. But I thought Grasso was overrated Overrated. from the get. So that means nothing to me. Carla's losses are more experience inside the octagon than a first-round submission is going to get you all day. Tatiana's going to get chewed through. I can't even believe. I am stunned. I am stunned. This is where I, this is the pick that I think if you have Carla on your card, you're going to be like, oh, I'm so glad I did that. Do you remember her last fight? Oh, yeah. Even her hands looked good. Yeah, her hands are looking better, but it's that Oyama camp coming together. Gadalia split, everybody. Uh, Gadalia split versus a Grasso win. Really, in your brain, I don't care who you are. If you're a 200-pound man listening right now, <laughs> who would you rather be in the ring with to a Gadalia split? What do you think would be harder? Gadalia split, Grasso first-round submission. I think you have a very valid points. Very valid, valid points. Gedalia! And I split, li- and a lot of people thought she won that fight. Yes, a lot of people did. What I like about this little format we're doing is we're kind of going hashing over our picks to just affirm or not back off so you know kind of our thought process and as the week goes on, where it hits. Now the rubber meets the road. We're in the main event. That's going to be a good prelim to start off, or a headliner prelim with Esparza Suarez. But then we have... Hey, I'm glad they moved this one. around a little. Yeah, this UFC is a really fight, good pay-per-view. It was a lot. It was like three lady fights or four lady fights. And not None to take against. away anything from the women. That is too many potential I, decision fights in a row. I'm just going to throw it out here. You cannot have two lady fights back to back. I fucking can't. You can't fucking do it. You can't do it. It is the worst thing. Maybe one gets a finish soon, but by that, by the second one, one's due to go to decision and just waste 30 minutes. What about if it was like Shevchenko versus Montana <laughs> with the main event, Noons versus Cyborg? 
only main event co main event because those are the highest caliber of women that are fighting. Agreed. So, so it'd have to be that, big yes. enough women that could fill those two spots. That, yes, it would have to be elite top five fighters. It, and it's nothing to take away from women. They just it would be naive for them to think they could grow in the same amount of time that men have been doing it. Totally. And that's it. Totally, totally. So the first pay-per-view fight of the night, we have Nico Price coming in against Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. The Judoka, 9-1, coming in against Nico Price is 12-1. Price has been a heavy underdog in many fights and really cashed here at Lat B. We tend to like him a lot. I actually went against him for the first time in a while. Against Rude Boy. And, man was I shut up. Lesbo came in picking heavy against Price. And uh, we know what Price likes to do. He's got evolving striking, good ground game, can take a beating, and has heart and cardio. Al-Hassan is a one-round muscle ball. At 33 years old, his judo, he's, he's stiff in there, has tons of power, but as soon as he gets out of that first round, I'd say four minutes into the fight, you can see Al-Hassan is a completely different puncher. So if this goes into the second or third round, it's only a matter of time till that judo doesn't help out anymore and Nico Price starts to style. I think Nico... On the striking is where he's in the most danger due to that power. But as the fight goes on, that really goes out the door. And Nico tends to get his takedowns going. As the fight goes on, I got a second or third round finish for Nico Price. The underdog at plus 125 against Tal Hassan. I am so excited for this fight. Who do you have? I also have a finish for Nico Price. But I have a submission round too. And I just... Agree with you in the cardio and the tiredness of Al Hassan is just going to add up, add up. Nico Price is one of those next level guys. I do think he is a top 10 guy in the division. And I think uh, some people are still sleeping on Nico Price. I don't think he's going to have, I don't think Al Hassan has a bad shin. And I don't think Nico Price has tons of power. So I just think it'll just be an easy submission. I do like finish I see a technical knockout of like ground and pounds where uh, Al Hassan just turtles up and is too tired to throw anything else so the ref calls it I see that too but I feel like Nico Price could just go for a submission because Al Hassan gives up his back because he has no more cardio left by round two submission so. round number two I feel like I'm gonna stick with you know something here at Lat B if we're both on the same round same finish we seeing something I do believe it's at a plus 200 for a submission Nico Price on the prop lines right now. So I'm liking that as well off the top. I like Just it. so you know. I like Just Nico so Price. Know. I don't like Al Hassan anywhere. But yeah, I, do I agree. Like my Nico and even Price. on DraftKings, 8,300 again uh, for Al Hassan against 7,900. What Nico Price should do though is um, there's like videos on YouTube and even my yoga like teacher that I like on YouTube, Yoga with Adrian. Check it out. She's awesome. But. Uh, he needs something to stand up straight. He has really curled posture. Yeah, he. I agree. He has a very <laughs> unique posture that doesn't look beneficial to his frame. No, he needs to stand Stick up straight. Stick his chest out. Yeah. Roll his shoulders Stick his back. chest out. So you were watching what, Jessica Andrade, or what was that online? What yoga is that again? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yoga with Andrade? <laughs> yoga with Adrian. Oh, nice. So the next one is a strawweight bout. We have Andrade versus Karolina Kovalkiewicz. You like that? I feel that like I worked good. on it. I feel like I worked on it. This is definitely a top five fight in the 115 division. We like both of these ladies. 12-2 and two for 
Kovalkiewicz being the minus or plus 300 underdog against Andrade is 18 and 6. Andrade has really been the one in the UFC to reinvent herself from a power puncher to an all-around hard fight with brutal takedowns, big slams, and she's really gotten her cardio up to par. For me, these are the two women knocking on the door against that belt in there with Rose and JJ. Um, Carolina tends to be the much better striker and on the ground can be at work. And that's where I think a lot of people are seeing this and why KK is the favorite. She's the much more one-dimensional fighter where Andrade has rounded out her game to be the all-around better fighter. Power I give to Andrade as well, but this has got decision written all over for me. I love both ladies. I love KK. Love her stance. We're big fans here, but I am going to side with the favorite with Andrade. I think takedowns end up factoring the most here. Oh, I love Carolina. I don't think she's one of the top ladies in the division. I just love her personality so much. I think she's more of a gatekeeper, and I think that will forever be her role. Jessica Andrade, she is the, I believe, the scariest villain on the other side of Rose's hero wearing that belt. I think Andrade is the woman who actually takes it from her. Woo! Each fight that we watch Jessica Andrade in gets progressively better and better and better and better. And nothing against, I mean, obviously, Rose handled JJ, but um, I feel like we're seeing a different JJ in there. And maybe Rose did that to her. Maybe she took away her confidence somewhere. Or maybe we could say it was Jessica Andrade that slowly did something to JJ that the Rose, the JJ Rose met was never the same. Yeah, it took something from her. Yeah, like maybe Andrade is that. So I I think Andrade is the most dangerous thing in the division. And I actually think Rose will have to change her game plan completely to beat her and try to submit her somehow. But what we saw Andrade do to Claudia Gadelia yep. should scare every woman. Ah, uh, that's a good point. I got Andrade, ground and pound round two finish, and it is going to break all our hearts so much to watch. And I actually think that it will be an early stoppage because the ref won't even want to watch it happen to KK. So, Andrade on all my cards. Oh, see, it ain't so. I know. Even for 9,100 on Andrade against 7,100, I mean, she has to get a finish. I think she will. 9,100 for Andrade. Yeah, I think she will get a finish. She has to get around 100 100 points on DraftKings in order to pay that off. KK doesn't lay enough punches. She's not a JJ with the amount of punches she throws. She's not a bullet with the amount of punches she throws. And she has zero ground game. Yeah, this and your takedown defense me. is getting better, but it's not the best against somebody who's really got good takedowns Super in there now. Super strong. Yep, exactly. Super strong. Like We're going to see some slams. Yeah. We're going to see it's some gonna slams. It's going to be a painful one to watch. Say it ain't so. KK, you know I got you, girl. KK, do I love you? <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome if that was the list from the B video. <laughs> so, <laughs> would somebody do that out there? <laughs> So you can put his face on it. Hey, KK, do I love you? Do you? Mm-mm. No, no, no. Yeah, I don't know the rest of it I either. either. I don't know the rest of it. <laughs> then we go to another brutal beatdown. We have Zabit Magomed Sharipov against Brandon Davis. The names are coming in hot, and I feel like I'm slaying some motherfucking dragons in here. We have Yair. <laughs> some Russian dragon. <laughs> Yair. Or Polish. Po- it, He's Russian. Yeah, but isn't KK Polish? Oh, KK, yeah. yes. Uh, so, 
Yair didn't want this fight. Brandon Davis is coming off of a loss and was like, whatever, I'll fight anyone. What Brandon Davis does here is, no matter what, he doesn't get cut. This is a favor for the UFC. He's coming in short notice. He's a huge underdog at, I don't even know the exact odds, but I thought it was in that minus 400 range. Uh, Zabby, definitely 15-1, a world win in there. Throws all sorts of heavy stuff. Though his hands are not as crisp as you would think. He throws a lot of flash, a lot of spinning stuff, and his cardio can keep him there. Good takedown defense on the ground, nasty as hell. But he really keeps his hands low and doesn't defend as well. He uses movement well. I don't think that Davis is going to be the one to exploit Zabit. I think Zabit just outchecks him too many ways. But I do think that there's going to be a point in time where Zabit's going to come in there against higher level guys that are going to be able to check his chin a bit more. I'm just saying, I got the favorite. I think he finishes it in round two or three because Davis is a tough nugga. And he's going to end up showing well. He's not going to lose it. Davis has nothing to lose here, but I can't put anything on him. I think Zabit's just waiting for that stylistic matchup to bet against. I'm waiting. Because those hands, when I was looking at footage, they're low, they're low and he puts his head into spots on that athleticism. I think some leg kicks and body shots slow with Zabit down. And it's a different match in there. I don't think Davis does it, but just saying. How do you feel this one goes down? It does. Two things are going to happen with Zabit. They're going to do him no favors by feeding him fights to win. So they're padding his record in the same style that they're friggin' doing. Uh, Khabib, I know everyone hates to say it, but it's a similar <laughs> style. I know Khabib's last three fights have been legit, but up to those points of like the fish. Anyway, I think be weary of how long Zabit could even make this wait. Be very weary on that. I believe we're going to start watching him have really difficult weight cuts coming in and maybe not even making the weight to begin with. There is no way a guy his height with a chest as wide as his can cut to this level for too long. So if he is a young man, which I'm doubting that, <laughs> he could be 45. If he is a young man, the second his body hits the 28 to 32 mark, the making weight is going to be that much harder and that much more difficult. And I think it could take a toll it won't be this fight he's gonna win because this is another padded record record fight short notice that with brandon davis on a short notice he should be able to eke out a submission by round three but zabit's just one of those overrated guys that i can't jump on the bandwagon yet nine thousand four hundred for zabit against seven or against six thousand eight hundred for brandon davis i don't your no, money's better spent on Andrade and Shevchenko if you're going to spend that high of money. I could potentially see that. But there is quite a few underdogs that I feel like I can put a bunch of underdogs yeah. and then put like a Zabit slash, she I don't know, Shev's pretty heavy duty. We're going to get there. <laughs> but it's, we're going to get there on the next one. Actually, we have the co-main event in Nico Montano against Valentina Shevchenko. This is the biggest line we've ever seen for a challenger ever it's at minus 1300 for Shevchenko. And was it last night that we were texting amongst each other? And I was like, no way it gets over 14. And we're seeing booking lines at four, minus 14 for it. Yeah, I think the highest Valentina. one I saw was 1450 last night. For Valentine, like there's 14, no value 40. in there. You have to put down $14 to win one or 1400 to win 100 bucks. Nico Montano. 
is just getting what, no if respect you were gonna at make, all. If you were going to bet me money and I was taking Shevchenko and you were taking Montano, what would you make the odds? <laughs> <laughs> and I would think Montano would win? Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> what is the real price? Or I, yeah, I think a, a, real? a real price that it should be? Because it's been steamed. I think five to one. Was even, I think five to one, that's right odds for Valentina. I don't know if I've ever been more sure of a fight. <sighs> that's what I love about MMA. A head kick, anything can change. A quick submission, a crazy it, quick arm bar. We've seen it before. We've seen people get caught with an elbow. We've seen people. We've seen Dragon Slay. Exactly. We've seen Dragon Slay just in and the last few I months. I ain't even saying it. I don't want to jinx it. I ain't saying that because you know how we are going to have to switch from Valentina Shevchenko to another fighter after this if everything goes as planned. But I If you follow the show and don't know what we're talking about with that, we have one woman and one man that we've been following for over years. Until their chance. Until their chance and then we switch up to somebody else. Uh, We... Shevchenko will be retired if she gets a belt. We'll put her a planet somewhere on the wall back here, and we'll have to replace her with a new woman who we think is a far-out prospect that we do one day think is going to wear the belt. But we've been on the Shevchenko bandwagon since longer than anyone else I know. We we thought she was going to beat Holly. We thought she was going to... Like, we've been on it. Yep. We've been on it. On it, non... So it's sad that we have to let her go, but I've never been more sure about a fight. We've been on it so much, Joe Rogan's about to start sponsoring us. (laughs) (laughs) so we both got Shevchenko it's whether you have a finish or not in this fight five rounds rounds. both women have went five rounds Zinka Montagna's went five rounds yeah she went five rounds with a librarian (laughs) (laughs) Shevchenko's gone five rounds with Amanda motherfucking Nunes I'm just saying twice no one time is three rounds oh true one time's five but two times she's gone the distance with the champ that's about to fight Cyborg and for all intents and purposes actually has a shot at beating her. Shevchenko's gone the distance with that woman twice. And some people think that she won that dirty split. So, Nico Montano, there isn't a woman in the whole tough house that's tougher than the woman Shevchenko wakes up in the same house with every day and her sister. Who is an in, who won her fight and is going to be introduced to the hundred? Nico Montano might fight Antonio next. Oh, I would love that. It's kind of a perfect. No, it it's would, a little much from the belt to. Yeah, for the, that big of a drop, someone debuting. Totally. I'm not trying to disrespect Montano, and I don't mean to disrespect her by th- whatever. This division disrespected what the belts meant to UFC champions when it came out to begin with. So Shevchenko getting this belt puts respect on the title that what hasn't been there yet. No offense to Montano. Yeah, it's not her fault. It's not her fault. There. So her going out there and putting a tough fight in and not getting murked like the last person Shevchenko fought will be validation that the division isn't a sleeper division. It'll just be a little validation that yep. maybe there's tough women in there. If she goes out and murks, uh. 
Montano, it's not only going to be, everyone's going to want to fight Shevchenko for her now belt, thank goodness. Otherwise, it's going to be, and they're going to have to work ladies up, like, yep. that only had one fight that have, are like a Jessica I. She's on all losses, one win, and she's going to get to fight the champion. Because the divisions, like the Chris St- Cyborg uh, division. A little stagnant. Yeah. So, anyways, Shevchenko, I'm going to have a ground and pound finish the same way as her last fight, but round two. I'm going to say this is a decision fight. I'm going to give credit to Montano. I don't think she gets finished in there. I think she is tough as nails. I think it's a one-sided fight. I think it's a 50-45. I think all five rounds go to Shevchenko. But I think that as Montano is a very proud person, and she has been in there in tough fights. Pride will get you nowhere. Yeah, true, true. She has not had even an iota of tough as... I don't even understand how she stays alive. Pina... Better I think she spams takedowns nonstop because if you're not striking, then you're using takedowns. And Pena has a better ground game than Montano. Noon's way better ground game than Montano. Holly Holm, better ground game than Montano. Uh, Sarah Kaufman or McMahon, better Kaufman. Kaufman. Either way, yep. both better ground game than Montano. I. Love my bullet, and this isn't even confirmation bias. So, how much are you willing to play her on your DraftKings? Because everywhere I can afford her, nine thousand six hundred. I can afford her. I will put her on a card. Again, six thousand. If you think Montana is really going to make it five rounds, you should put her everywhere. I'm not going to put her everywhere. I can't for those odds. But six thousand. Because you are the only person that I've heard that thinks she's going to make it to decision. So I feel like if you really feel that, that could be something that makes your card. And I do feel like there's a prop bet in a decision, Shevchenko, because that's going to be at plus It's going to be at 14. If if this is at 14 now, that's going to be at 23 by opening? But that a decision be win plus uh, money. Shevchenko? I would think it's plus money. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. By opening odds, you'll be able to. I'm going to have to look at that and see what it is by the end of that time. But I'm just saying, I'll, 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 I can throw a little bit of cash that way just because huh. if it hits, it hits. Hey, call me crazy. Call me crazy. You we'll crazy see. as hell. <laughs> you crazy as hell. You're the only person. I think the odds are right. I have Shevchenko, so I'm just saying. I think Montano can, can survive to a decision. I don't think that's that crazy. Survive. Not win. Not a round. Not a minute. Then we go to the main event where I think this is. He had money on Lena Landsberg, too, to beat Cyborg. (laughs) (laughs) That is a lie. That is a bold face. Doesn't that seem crazy? That's crazy. That's And this is what you can't do because I know everyone right now, they're so. Because uh, Henry Cejudo with the Mighty Mouse thing. That's Mm -hmm. what is in everyone's crawl right now. And that's. You cannot put Montano on anywhere the same level as Henry Cejudo in that fight. Anywhere. They're anywhere. Both, they're both wrestlers. <laughs> one of them is Olympic yeah, medalist. Gold and medalist. one of them Take a shot. was my age when she started wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Not that she can't fucking whoop me up, but I ain't Chef Jaco. Okay. <laughs> then the main event. We have somebody who hasn't fought in the 170 division. I haven't even division picked this fight yet. For two uh, fights Against the champ, somebody who's talked this whole way there against T. Woods, who's coming off of a labrum surgery, Tyrone Woodley being the shorter fighter. This being, for me, the line is so off on this. It is minus 115, minus 115, coin flip of a fight. And I'm like, how is the champion not a two-to-one favorite right now? I am, I think till 
there's scary things about Till to me for Tyra yeah, Woodley specifically. No, for Ty, for him <laughs> specifically, I think Till. I don't even know if he beat Wonder Boy, to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yet Till is a little bit more powerful of a Wonder Boy with more dangerous kicks, and I, if T Woods, if that knee eats the same kick that Stephen Wonderboy Thompson ate in the first minute of their fight together, that is a game change. That is a game change of a kick. Everything about Till is the most dangerous matchup in the division for Woodley. So, <laughs> what we've seen... So, I'm nervous. I So, nervous. what we've seen, you think this is more of a coin flip. I'm saying T-Wood should be all around the better fighter other than specifically the striking, but we've seen T-Woods do the... Do more to Stephen Thompson than Till did. Till never really hurt. He hurt Thompson once, but we've seen other high-level strikers that T Woods been able to eat up in there. At eighteen and three, Tyrone Woodley has had many, many fights in the UFC. Been a reigning champion for a while now against the seventeen zero and one. Darren Till. Darren Till is an okay wrestler. Has minimal takedown defense. Dolby was able to take down Darren Till. How long ago was that, though? That was probably like two years ago now. Till has gained. is The younger man is growing leaps and bounds, but I do think this is, as we've been saying with other fighters, this is a too big of a step up. I guess Stephen Thompson's Stephen number Thompson's five. Stephen Thompson's number one. Number one contender yeah. up until Till. I no, think, he's, he was number one up until Colby got the interim. And then it was like Colby was the interim yeah, champ. It Stephen is Thompson a fuck was number. Yeah, it was a whole weird. Yeah, I remember we've gone over it multiple, yeah. multiple times over. It's finally going to be some movement in there. So I'm happy that this is going on because it means Do belts changing. Do you think it could get to decision? I think it could, but I'm not. Yes, there is the possibility for a decision My here. My biggest worry, think honestly, is that the UFC dislikes Woodley so much, and we have seen so much sketchy shit go on with decision i feel like they want till to be the champion so bad that we could see an ugly decision where he actually gets the belt even though everybody thinks woodley won it i think it's that kind of shit going on now in ufc of this entertainment era where have you ever seen a guy push harder than till i francis (laughs) he was the uncrowned champ he he was pushed hard to the belt, but he beat all the the heavyweight division at the time was the weakest division in the UFC because that was before I think well maybe Chris Cyborg's division, that's it's just called the Chris Cyborg division. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, heavyweight was the weakest at the time yep. that he did fight all the guys that he needed to fought to get to the title. Yeah. He didn't skip anyone to get there. Like he knocked out Overeem, and the only one at the time that he didn't fight yet was Verdum, but Verdum was injured. Something like, yes, yes, yes. But, so with this fight, you're saying, you th- it's a coin flip. He didn't make weight to get anyway. Twice. Two fights in a two row. Two fights in a row weight. that he won, that we all go through. The guy who doesn't make weight wins the fight. Um, if he doesn't make weight this time, T. Woods already said, I ain't taking the fight. Shem's going to have to be the main event. We are going to have to watch weigh-ins. He said Till can fight Usman if he wants to. Like, that's the only fight that you're going to see Usman in, is right. Till fighting Usman. Otherwise, he he won't fight. He won't fight Usman, and he won't fight an overweight Till. So they can fight for not his belt, but they can fight for the interim. But he Kobe ain't has that. 
Well, the second the bell rings, Colby Colby's stripped. stripped. Yeah. What 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 world in MMA we live in? But I do think that till can bring pressure, and anybody who's brought pressure into T Woods' face, he has a heavy overhand right. Ask Robbie Lawler. Ask a few other guys out there. Woodley can put a good game plan together. Till can put a good game plan together. I think Till can still potentially be the champion, but T Wood has beat better fighters than Till at this point. Do you think Till will be the champion one day? Who's above him besides T Woods? Wonder Boy? No, well, we just saw and that. Here's exactly. the other thing, too. Because we I'm still have surprised Kobe we in even there. have this much excitement in our voices because can you think of anything more boring than T Woodley's last three fights? I would agree. And for all the people that are hating on Woodley, can you think of anything second more boring than Till's last fight with Wonderboy? So this fight could be the biggest news fest in the whole world. It really could. It really could. But what I think is going to happen is also with the youth of Darren Till, sometimes he can get a little overzealous. Never did yeah, with Wonderboy one time. But it just, what I'm thinking might happen. I is was that hoping, I, like, all the holes that I want to say, boop. easy, like, the first Till time has he a feels good the chin. Power. Yeah, he does. He is but patient. But he has a good chin when he's overweight. He's patient AF. Yeah. He um, took Wonderboy's best shots, got hurt a couple times, made it through those. Yep. I think T Woods He has some hitter. nasty inside elbows. Yep. Nasty inside elbows. The other thing, Woodley's last fight was a Damian Maya that has been beat every single fight since. But T Woods was one of the few guys to like show everyone else, like, oh, this I is I hope how you so. This is but otherwise, it. it's just he's a guy that that's what it, he beat a guy that's on a losing streak. On the way T out. Woods. Uh, also beat Stephen Thompson, a guy that's on a big fat losing streak. So it's like T Woods beats guys on losing streaks, or sets guys off on losing streaks. Interesting. I don't know. I'm so scared. I never. I thought I was T Woods. All I don't know why I have so much like it devil's is advocacy 8, in my brain. Eight thousand one hundred against eight thousand one hundred on DraftKings. I'm gonna be putting the current champ. On a five-round fight everywhere because I do think T. Woods in the fourth or fifth actually can finish till it's probably going to go to decision as you're saying. But for 8-1-8-1, eight, one, eight, one, these are five-round fights. Either fighter is going to make his money more than likely in this fight. Uh, ooh, maybe not. <laughs> maybe if it's not one punch for one punch. But there's so many fun All fights Darren this entire Till, fight card. I, Darren Till, this is where I'm, I'm Woodley decision as well right now. Okay. Because I never seen Till beat somebody who wasn't a kickboxer. Till only beats kickboxers or Muay Thai or kickboxers. He only does that and he only does that sketchily. Because I don't point. think he beat Wonderboy last time. So really all he's done to get where he's at is beat Cowboy Cerrone, everyone. Cowboy. Yep. Cowboy exactly. don't even have a gym. <laughs> 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 I think that is a really good point. As you're saying, though, he's only fought strikers because T. Wood does have legitimate championship-level takedowns that he has used in other fights. And we haven't seen Till get up off of his back. And all of a sudden, when you got a real wrestler that can throw powerful shots, I think fourth or fifth round, that could play a factor. I have an inside the distance. I think he could play either fighter here at 8-1. Even I agree with you. I think he could finish it inside the distance. It's just not... Woodley's style to finish Agreed. inside the distance. He totally. seems to be smarter with keeping his belt. Like he doesn't 
like uh, he's who does who who risks things, dumb people, and I ain't dumb. Totally. So yeah, I got Woodley as well. All right. So a quick recap: Who do you have as your underdog pick? It's between Cody Stamen and Nico Price. Both of these guys have done been money trains. Price a little bit more, I think. He tends to be the underdog a bit more. Hmm. Gosh, I really like both the guys going forward, and I almost feel like since we did two shows, could we have two? Oh, sometimes we have zero. Yeah, I feel good about both those guys. I, I do feel fairly comfortable as I'm well. I'm going to have them both on cards. I would agree with that. I, the more comfortable I feel like in price I do too. Statement. Let's go with Nico Price. And you know Officially. what? This will be the second or third time that Nico Price has been our Leslie Smith underdog pick. He might be our, he might get the honorary title where if we change it, could it be the Nico, like if Shevchenko gives up her belt and there's a little change on the show and things going on, could it potentially be the Nico Price underdog? Pick of the week? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I know. We'll have to roll over that. Maybe the fans chime in. What do you think? Can we switch it around? Do we we always stay with Leslie Smith? Because she's a martyr now. And if you don't know, now you know. I don't know. But thanks for watching. (laughs) And yeah, I think it's all been said, right? And make sure you're liking and subscribing. Tell a friend. Let's go to me. Thanks for listening to Lat B. For all things Lesbo and the Bean, head over to lesboandthebean.com or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.